Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing well. The gong, uh, not officially, it's not officially sounded yet, but we are here to go over, obviously, all of the uh, recent January transfer uh, transfer market deals for Roma, review the latest, go over, obviously, Tommaso Baldanzi, uh, Angelino, who we talked about in the previous episode a little bit, but uh, a, a new hero. He has entered the realm of folklore uh, before even taking the pitch simply by way of the shirt number he has selected. Um, very rarely do I ever purchase uh, Official IS Roma kits, uh, of course. His but can you do it? You... you have you the family man with kids and everything. Can you do that? No, I. They Nine. each have one. Uh, they each have one of Lukaku. Oh. Uh, but Angelino, just it would, it would be a weird parenting move to get your kids a sixty-nine. The, the Angelino uh, sure, shirt yeah. number. Well, first off, you know anybody who who selects a shirt number that is that runs uh, completely counter to typical yeah. footballing culture, which is why even though the the club has gone to smithereens, uh, Kievo Verona. yes, the guy with the zero. Come on, no, no, well, him too. No, but, it was the guy with the uh, one. Was the guy with... Come on, number fifty six, ah, my favorite. Um, oh, right, okay. But 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 sixty nine, just. Poetry, Come poetry, football, poetry. poetry, poetry. So before we get into uh, the new hero, this, our, our Spanish hero, Angelino, we have to say thank you to our newest patron over at Patreon, Dominic Yorilo, and of course to all of our other wonderful patrons who make all of this possible. If you would want to join the madness for the group chat, other things as well, early access to episodes, uh, patreon.com slash Press, and of course on YouTube. At IS Roma Press, like, subscribe, all of the usual things that you hear on every other YouTube video. All right, Dandy, let's go. Let, let's start before we get into my my new hero, Angelino. Before we get into that, let's start with the obvious, uh, Tommaso Baldanzi. So the deal is now official. He joins from Empoli. And this one is really an interesting one because... This is sort of the behind the curtain things that it doesn't ever really come out when certain players make transfer moves. It's one of those sort of mundane stories, but I want to give a little bit of background on it only because I I know it really well. So um, this deal, and this is where I have to give a lot of credit to Tiago Pinto, who uh, later on in the episode, we will get into him because obviously he is on his way out. Uh, Baldanzi. The only reason right now he is at Roma is because he switched agents. He switched agents two to three months ago. He was previously with a guy I've mentioned on here a number of times, Federico Pastorello, who, if you just Google him, he is the embodiment of like what most Western, uh, like American television uh, or films, when they think of like this suave. the, the the typical like well groomed handsome Italian guy like he is he is the embodiment of that. He, what he was, was the guy? Fa- like agent. Fabio, like Fabio. He was, was Lukaku's agent, Pastorello. and he was previously yeah. uh, Federico Pastorello, uh, the agent of Romelu Lukaku. 
He was also the intermediary. I've mentioned this one on here a number of times for the deal involving Malcolm. Uh, he and I, again, every time I I revisit anything involving him, I see those messages from that day involving Malcolm, and it is nothing short of parody. Right. Um, but but Baldanzi switched and made the he switched in late out. October, and the reason he switched from Pastorello to a guy that uh, Tiago Pinto is very, very, very close with. An agent that he has a strong working relationship with. And that is Peperizo. So he switched because in the summer, he was supposed to, Baldanzi, it was done for him to go to Fiorentina. It was all completed, but there was a complete 180. When Castrovilli, he fails his man to go with Bournemouth. And in turn, Fiorentina, they cannot complete the deal for Baldanzi. So that operation blows up. Baldanzi becomes irate, irate. And less than three weeks after the summer transfer window shuts, like three to four weeks within that time span, he tells Pastorello, out, go Go back to your home in Monaco where you avoid tax. You're out. out. Peperiso in and just because of that simple switching agent, that is how Roma are able to get Baldanzi. Because Peperiso essentially for Baldanzi, he started from scratch zero. He didn't he didn't re-engage anything with Fiorentina. He had interest from Roma. There were some things with Milan. There were other clubs that were extremely interested in him. However, it was Tiago Pinto who had the upper hand, he had the inside lane, and he got it over the finish line. And this is, again, this is one of those things I've talked about on here before, and it's one of those, again, one of those just sort of minor, uninteresting details. But a sporting director, it is just not about negotiating who you bring in, who you bring out. It is about maintaining, harvesting relationships with these agents. That is something that uh, Sabatini did extremely well. Um, however, there are some agents. I think in the good, and that comes in the good and the bad, right? Because we all, well, you know, yes. like the, what what's Napoli's problem like right now? It's their hostage of Giuffredi, the famous Giuffredi, who Roma made it a point. Roma made it a point not to deal with Giuffredi, you know? Uh, when when they when they discharged the likes of Juan Jesus and Mario Rui, it was because of Giuffredi. So a lot of these agents, you know, you get on their good terms, but soon enough they'll be running your market, right? And and so yes. uh, with Roma in this case, the good relations stem from the fact that Beperizo is the guy who manages Gianluca Mancini, Lorenzo Pellegrini, so guys who are important to the club. No, Cristante, not Pellegrini. Ah, sorry, uh, Pellegrini. Who, who does Pellegrini have? Oh, the, Come the on, guy, man. Yes. The guy who looks like Zoolander. Yeah, Come on. Bove, the guy from Bove. The guy from Bove. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, the guy who, once I, once, once I, um, once I end, um, once I am done here with, uh, uh, once I am done doing anything involving football and I go off into the sunset, I have two voice messages from um uh, Giampiero Pochetta ah, okay ah, Pochetta. screaming at me s- screaming because <laughs> uh, as we remember he is also the agent of uh Gregoire de Frel 
True. <laughs> and um, True. I had reported. Yes. Good times. Yes, he and I were speaking, and I, I in his messages, well, he, he doesn't speak English. He's not going to watch this. In his messages, he said, Santoria has no money. They can't afford to make the deal for him permanent. And I had put that out there. And he responds with, I still have them. They are art. I'm going to keep them. Those will be the first thing I put out into the world because they are, again, parody. Um, but anyway, getting back to Peperiso, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I, I mean, you have uh, Tiago Pinto with a very strong working relationship with Peperiso. Now, if we, if we want to go back to the, uh, the prior regime, the guys of, uh, you know, Monchi, uh, Sabatini didn't have a great relationship with Peperiso. Um, but uh, Tiago Pinto has a very, 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 very strong relationship with him. And as you said, these relationships, uh, for better or for worse, they can be a pain in the backside or they can be extremely helpful. In this case, obviously, it was extremely helpful. That is the reason Tommaso Babdanzi is at Roma now because he selected Beperiso. And I, I have to commend Tiago Pinto for this because it would have been easy to kind of mail it in this well, last yeah. month. Well, yeah. And how many times have we seen? I mean, think of Sabatini's parting gift to us. Mario Ruiz oui. and Juan Jesus. Those are his guys. <laughs> that's his last transfer window. And Gerson. And Gerson, obviously. That, that's Gerson, his last yeah. window. That's his parting <laughs> gift to Roma, you know? So I'm just... I think, I think honestly, this, uh, this uh, exceeded expectations. And, you know, I... I honestly think when you look at this window, when you look at the sudden shift in in the kind of players that Roma began targeting, um, I'm not here. I, I'm not again here to to go and criticize Mourinho or Tiago Pinto's collaboration with Mourinho. But I do think that these collaborations entail, you know, a certain compromise that perhaps did not work out. You know, mm. like if you look back on this time and you think to yourself well why was this transfer window so different like it started with Roma being linked with Leonardo Bonucci <laughs> it started but, with Roma correct. concretely pursuing Leonardo Bonucci it ended with them not prioritizing a defender actually offloading Kumbula sending Kumbula on loan to Sassuolo and signing instead a small physical tiny fullback who can cross the ball like Angelino, and a small, tiny replica of Paolo Dybala. So yes. completely different profiles com and a completely different idea of, 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 of doing the transfer market um, that, in my opinion, it hints at something. Because Tiago Pinto, you know, for a lot of things that he may get criticized for, for so long, he used to be given that same old remark of, well, he needs... He needs an Italian director next to him in order to guide him. You know, the kind of <laughs> shit that Paolo Fonseca sure. used to get. Remember when Paolo Fonseca was recommended to have Serse Cosmi as his yes. assistant? You know, <laughs> are you, like, these are the great things that great minds like Angelo Mangiante uh, have <laughs> on during their press conference. These great thoughts. If it was anybody else but Serse Cosmi, I'd say forget it. But the fact that a bald man <laughs> with a bald cap is always just 
<laughs> again, yeah, hero, it would it would like have Angelino. been nice. It would have been it would have been brilliant. But but for so long, this whole idea was Tiago Pinto is incompetent because he's not a sporting director. He doesn't know people. He doesn't know football. He doesn't he doesn't have a network of connections. Well, these deals so late in the window because both Angelino and Tommaso Baldanzi happen only uh, three to three days to what a few hours before the transfer deadline. These deals don't go through it if you don't have the right connections, if you don't uh, make use of the opportunities that present them the, themselves to you, because uh, the the offer for Banda- Baldanzi was only submitted yesterday in the late afternoon at Italian time. Yes. So this all happens within such quick moments. Baldanzi was scoring a goal against Juventus at the stadium on Saturday. So, right, right. you know, and here we are Thursday and he's already posing with a Roma shirt. So all these things hint, in my opinion, at Tiago Pinto being good at what he does. But the project that Roma chose with Mourinho entailed something different. So in my opinion, the Tiago Pinto that I see now doing these things only a week uh, away from him leaving the club permanently make me think that hey for example last summer no a year ago he doesn't go for Gini Wijnaldum you know like because certain things don't happen with Mourinho here if you if if Mourinho Correct. was here Roma would have probably done everything they could have to grab somebody like Soyunku and 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 deliver that additional center back to Mourinho so that he could play with more defenders and feel more secure because Maras Kumpula is recovering from an injury. No, instead here, Roma took a gamble, but they took a gamble that, in my opinion, shows that they are already planning something. You don't invest in someone like Baldanzi, who, mind you, is not alone. It's a permanent deal. You don't invest in someone like him if you don't have already an outline for a a long-term project, a long-term project that will more than likely scrap the previous long-term project and and hence that's why in my opinion these all these ideas of oh well Mourinho wasn't offered a new contract the, the future well because I think the Friedkins came to the conclusion that uh something was dying that that long-term project mm. of the of the big names of the big no that the if you can sign all the big names if that you want but if you don't win then it really matters not that much, right? If you fail to reach Champions League football with Ginny Vinealdum and Paolo Dybala and so on and so on, then what's the use of the big names? Then perhaps it's better to secure some outgoing transfers. In this case, Matias Vigna goes back on a permanent deal. This obviously doesn't count towards anything right now, but it counts towards the balance sheet. Uh, Correct. Andrea Velotti hopefully goes out to Fiorentina, impresses, and then can be sold. Kumbula recovers from the knee injury, impresses, can be sold. The club wanted to get rid of Zeki Selik on a permanent deal. Doesn't happen. But the thought process is clearly the thought process of a club that is aiming for something bigger than just the January window. So can we say that for the first time in God knows how long, the January window for Roma is not only a minor success, but it's also uh, a reflection 
of what we want to continue doing in the summer, which is rare because usually this is a window that is sort of like a, hey, do you need a Band-Aid? Here's a Band-Aid. Here's a temporary solution. And off you go. Try and make the best of what you can with the rest of the season. Whereas in this case, this year, the January window is, in my opinion, a window into what Roma will try and, and keep doing in the summer. That is something I wanted to talk about a little bit more with you before getting into some of the guys that already left. It's easy or it would be easy to spend 15 million euros. I know in this world of, you know, the Saudi Arabia where they just give obscene amounts of money or the Premier League where... Uh, Mind I, you, the I, Premier I, League, this is a funny update, John. The Premier League spent... 10 million euros less than Serie A in this window. After Everton's punishment of 10-point deduction, the Premier League did zero to nothing in this window. So we're seeing some developments. That is interesting. Now, admittedly, I did not know that. Um, But you touched on something that I wanted to, to expand upon because there is a 15 million euros is 15 million euros. However, 15 million euros for somebody like Genie Vinaldum, so to speak, or a profile like that is much different than 15 million euros for somebody like Baldanzi. This is something that I think is a very clear shift in mindset to go with what you said. It, it, it's so easy to spend 15 million euros on a known entity, a, a, an established player, somebody with um, high name recognition. That is That is very easy to do. But this is something in the January transfer market especially that you just do not see often where you see a club making a very large investment. Just, I know, again, in this day and age and time where we see all of this money being poured into certain players, that 15 million is very easy to, to dismiss. For Roma, this, I, I can't underscore enough, and I think for those who maybe not fully understanding of Roma's financial situation, or even those who perhaps just might dismiss the amount is that uh, underwhelming or not that much to begin with, I can't underscore enough how big of an investment this is. Forget the fact that it's January. It's huge. Uh, Forget uh, uh, Roma are under financial fair play restriction from UEFA. The books of Roma, okay, they're not good. The Friedkins have put in just obscene amounts of cash since they've arrived. To make this sort of investment in January is a welcome surprise because, again, it's so easy. You can find hundreds of players that you know by name that you um, are familiar with whose game uh, you have uh, a very – clear understanding of uh, somebody who you can insert uh, insert them into the formation with a very clear defined role from the day one. With Baldanzi, this is um, obviously a clear statement of, okay, we are going, I don't know if roll the dice is necessarily the correct term, but we are going to take a bet, I guess, on a young player who just about every club in Serie A, likes and admires. Um, we're going to make a big investment in him. And by the way, 20% to Ampoli in the in the case of a future resale, also huge. I mean, a fifth of the chance would be going 15, to Ampoli. 15. Filippo Fi- Fi- 15. 15. 
on top of the 15 million euros, and that is including bonus, everything all in, um, that is that is huge. <laughs> that is huge. And again, compare. Forget. I, I know you mentioned the Premier League barely having spent, but look at the rest of Serie A. Is anybody doing this right now? Uh, you would be hard pressed to find. No, the 15 um, is is a huge amount of money for for any Serie A club uh, at correct. this moment in time, especially at uh, this moment in time, and also especially. This is not the window where you make signings that are aimed at the future. Usually. Right. Usually. You know, uh, Juventus just signed a, a very impressive talent from the championship. They signed him on loan with almost a 50 million euro option, which I don't see happening for <laughs> even for a club like Juve. That's uh, an obscene amount of money given also the situation that they are in. So for Roma Correct. to make this, in my opinion, these 15 million on Baldanzi in this moment in time is more impressive than if Roma were to pay, say, 30, those 35, 40 million for Lukaku in the summer. Um, because, again... Oh, 100%, it, yes. Because yes. this shows, once again, that something changed. This is not a player that you bring in a few months ago, you know? Like, this is not the kind of profile that you go after. Or this is also not the, the kind of demeanor that you have as Roma for a player that you like in Italy. We all know what happened with Fratesi, right? We we hesitated too long to pull the trigger, and that gave Fratesi time to reconsider. Again, who is Fratesi's agent? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, all of this, in my opinion, just shows that clearly something changed within the club, within the club hierarchy. Um, the fact that you bring in Baldanzi and he... He speaks so highly of De Rossi. Cannot, yes. I mean, you know, he said the coach wanted me. Now, I don't know what to think, you know. <laughs> I don't know what to think, what happens behind the scenes, because here we are talking about De Rossi as if he was somebody that is well-established. That, and, and mean, mean, Meantime, it's been two weeks that he's been here as our Correct. head coach, you know. So, and Angelino again, it's another player that clearly the profile does not fit a, a player that Roma would have had on the radar with Mourinho here. He's small. He's not too... Um, he's not the kind of guy that will walk up to somebody else and uh, and intimidate them. He's more <laughs> about technicality rather than physicality. Yes. So that's something that Roma under Mourinho did not need, right? That's why you went after the likes of Bonucci and Suyunku because big, burly defenders with a lot of strength and uh, and heading abilities and so forth. Mourinho leaves and Roma completely, completely turned 180 degrees and looked the other way. And right. I cannot help but feel like this is sort of the prologue to what will happen in the summer. Uh, to me, this opens up a, 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 a box of questions. Questions about De Rossi's future. Questions about who is the sporting director because uh, next sporting director, obviously, after, after Tiago Pinto because, again, these are these are signings aimed at the future. At least Baldanzi is. We'll see about Angelino, but Baldanzi definitely is. So who is the next sporting director? What is the strategy behind that? And... Um, and just overall, are we are we definitely done with whatever took place 
you know, uh, until last summer? Do we, you know, is that gone? Is that the is that project dead in the water? Because I have a feeling that right now this is the message that the Friedkins are sending is we tried the first time, we got a, a trophy out of it, the conference league, very nice, but now it's time for a change. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think too, I, I mean Again, this is going to be one of those things that uh, sort of goes underappreciated. But I mean, just the fact that uh, Tiago Pinto is able to sell Matias Vigna for 8 million euros. Again, I know that doesn't sound like a lot. Roma, they paid 11 for him. This was a guy who has done nothing. Now he has He's- two Premier League goals with Bournemouth. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm here trying to supply you with the facts. The research. third no, choice at Sassuolo. A Sassuolo that is uh, a, 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 abysmal, yeah. a, an abysmal Sassuolo. Yeah. We got I mean, we actually that, got nine million for Matias Vigna, one in add-ons, so should be should be good. I mean, just the fact he was able to do that too. I I, I mean, it is impressive. Now, as for the rest of the sales, as you mentioned, uh, Balotti to Fiorentina on loan, Kumbula on loan. Uh, if you talk to his agent, uh, he makes it sound like there were so many clubs interested that wanted to make a move for him. It's like, eh, were there though? Because Money on loan, uh, if, but also, I mean, the guy if who Roma were able to March. monetize him because uh, you want March. to talk about somebody who weighs heavy on the books of oh, Roma. Of uh, He's one of Kumbula's the most. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. So, I, I mean... You have Kumbula, then, as... then you have then you have Zeki Selig supposed to move to Marseille doesn't because it's not a permanent deal. Selik is not convinced of, of Galatasaray. Then so that falls through. Shomurodov falls through. He was supposed to move to Salernitana, stays at Cagliari where he's unlikely to play. So that's a useless loan right there. So there are some situations that we still have to deal with. But all yes. in all, when you look at what Tiago Pinto was able to accomplish in this final window, he tried to take the broom and clean up. The fact that Spinazzola is here, that Sanchez is here, it's because you cannot change the will of somebody who is set on Correct. earning a big, hefty payday. And that's, for example, what Spinazzola is after. So that's that the is was made, uh, as you said in the last episode, when you didn't get rid of him last summer. That should have been addressed. Uh, that is the fault of Tiago Pinto. But before we just put a put a bow, I suppose, on, on the, the legacy of Tiago Pinto. What what grade would you give this transfer window? Out of out of 10. Out of 10. What what would you give the January transfer market 2024 right. of Roma? Because yeah. for me, right now, it, it's it's like um I, I would say like a six with the ability to move to a seven or an eight, depending on how Baldanzi does. Because seriously, I and and this is obviously all. Uh, wait, wait, wait! But you, I've, I've heard you in the past give much higher grades and then justify them by saying because just by the name, it's it's incredible, you know. Just no, by but having- listen, the, the the Spinazzola thing weighs heavy on my thinking of it, only because I've had to talk to the same Bissell of his agent. But that's not a January issue. The Spinazzola, uh, but, is but a, it is though. It is no, though because it no. prevented the you from Spinazzola being able to do the, more in January, though. No, the Spinazzola thing, as you said, it's an issue from last summer. So, okay. in my opinion, the the Spinazzola thing, and and in this case especially, you're talking about a guy who is only months away from becoming a free agent. That's always a headache 
always. Look at what Napoli are dealing with with Zielinski, who is also bound to become a free agent. So this is, in my opinion, this is, you know, it's it's stuff that belongs to the summer when you should have sorted it okay. out. If you cut my leg off, it doesn't affect me only in that week. I'm going to have to deal with it in two weeks as well. That's my that's my thought on it. Because, by, by the way, though, yes, it was, it, it, it was a summer thing. But there were... Now, unless Roma Tiago Pinto hire, uh, 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 hired somebody to put a gun to the head of Spinazzola, which I obviously am not advocating, um, there were options. I will just say that. But... As I mentioned time after time after time in recent weeks, this guy, he was going to get his payday. And part of me, and I I never said this to to his agent, um, but it was, how do I put this delicately? There was some very clear self-sabotage going on because he knows damn well that asking any other European team to um, requesting a wage above what he is earning at Roma. He knows damn well nobody's going to pay that. He knows that. So part of me thinks a lot of this was half-hearted on his part to make it look uh, as though Spinazzola was just not trying to uh, ride out his final days at Roma. But you know what? He signed the contract. If he wants to do that, that is his right. Of course. Um, so I... I so it's a six. Blame. It's a six. Okay. It's okay. a six. It's a six. Okay. If 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 I, they were able to sell Spinazzola, <laughs> it, it would I, I would put it seven and a half and then up to a nine if Baldanzi becomes really something important. Um but the <laughs> Spinazzola thing weighs heavy in my opinion because you are able to bring in at least one more important name, perhaps two, if you are able to if he is gone. Um so that uh that for me is is why I give it that grade. What what about for you? I, I mean, I think we are we're talking. In my opinion, it's a it's a seven point five eight because this is, is it's again it sent a really strong message with the if if he had managed to get a loan with obligation for Selic to Marseille, but again these are things that also depend on. For example, in that case, Marseille needed to offload one player in order to get Selic in. So these are things that sometimes are beyond your control. But had that fallen, had that gotten in, Selic to Marseille, it would have been, in my opinion, a perfect win, all things considered, because I really had very low expectations with regards to Spinazzola. I mean, again, if you're looking for a payday in January, who who cares? You might as well wait some more months and, and see a look around. Right. Renato Sanchez... Honestly, who's going to go after him after seeing the kind of, uh, you know, mediocre experience that he's had at Roma so far? Nobody's going to interrupt his loan and, and try and sign him. You know, like, that's not going to happen. Um, Correct. Th- those two guys, in my opinion, are on the margins. For me, it's very important that we, we got Kumbula out because that's, a, that's clearly a guy that, hey, if he's sitting at, at Roma after returning from the ACL injury, there's no way he's playing. Just no way. Uh, especially Correct. if you consider that Chris Smalling might be coming back. Hey, I don't even know if we can mention his name, you know, now. That, uh, <laughs> so uh, then you have Andrea Belotti. That's a drastic decision. That's another thing that impressed me. Some people will disagree because some people will say, well, now you have a, the, the bench is not deep enough. But 
It's a decision. I was surprised. It's a clear commitment yes. that, hey, in this system, Asmun is the guy, okay, to mm. back up Lukaku. And if Asmun is not there, then we'll figure something out. Like, clearly, it's the idea is this did not work last season, and it's not been working so far. This is Belotti, the kind of player that I saw against Hellas Verona in those final minutes is a player that mentally is completely not there. And now think about this situation, John. When we came on here after Milan, what did I say? I said, why the hell is Andrea Belotti the one going in front of the microphones and talking about the team and the, the state they're in and about Mourinho if this is a guy whose future is being questioned live on television? So, yes. And in fact, two weeks later, he's gone. So... That tells you all about the situation Roma were in <laughs> after the Milan defeat. It just it's so it's so evident that something had bro- been broken inside. So that's why I give the high grade because I think that this transfer window, at least the final two weeks, in addition to that, the Huizen deal for 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 free in okay on those conditions of a dry loan, but in a situation where you desperately needed somebody, great. But the final the Hoisin deal is fantastic, especially if they find a way to make it permanent somehow. If they manage somehow. to get a conversation going, great. But in my opinion, those final two weeks of this transfer window are excellent because they have a purpose. How many times have we been wondering about in January, praying that somebody, anybody will come through? praying that uh, a, a, a championship side will send us their reject or that uh, a, a team that is bound for relegation in the Spanish La Liga is going to give us uh, an extra defender. You know, these... No. In this case, it was straight to the point. We want quick players, small players that know how to dribble, that are good with the ball at their feet. We want to play with possession and we're going to get players who know how to play in possession. And that's what Daniele De Rossi got. I mean, that certainly fits the mold of Baldanzi. Uh, before previewing this uh, Cagliari match, let, let's put, I guess, sort of a, a, uh, a final chapter on this thing of Tiago Pinto. I mean, for me, these three years, it, it doesn't really even seem like three years. Uh, it, it has gone very quickly. I mean, where where does this guy sit in terms of just the in his in the history of Daroma for you? I mean, I mean, high regard, low regard. Obviously, history often does not uh, remember the context of situations. Uh, there's just the concrete outcome of certain events. For me, this is a guy. Anytime you look at his record at Roma. You absolutely have to factor in the UEFA constraints, uh, the new ownership of the Friedkins, uh, Jose Mourinho, obviously, having to adapt your transfer strategy to that. So I think he did overall very good work. I really like him. Uh, I, I don't know how others feel of him, but I think he overall, I thought he did a very strong job. What What do you think? I thought he, he was... Very professional, a very professional uh, executive that compared to the, his predecessors um, was lights out in terms of not only how he carried out his deals, because we all remember 
the kind of person that somebody like Monchi was. And we all remember the kind of person <laughs> that Petraki was. Petraki is still talking about acquiring Chris Smalling and he's yeah. been out of a job for four years. So it's the year 2050 and he's still come speaking on, of man. That. So Tiago Pinto, in my just like Paulo Fonseca, you know, it's like Paulo Fonseca, people look at uh, his elimination from the uh, Europa League uh, against Manchester United, but you look at the squad that he went with <laughs> in that game to battle yes. with Manchester United, and then you see what we're really talking about. We're not talking about Mourinho against uh, uh, against uh, Real Sociedad. We're talking about Paulo Fonseca going with Gonzalo Villar up against uh, <laughs> up against Manchester United with Edinson Cavani. No. In all seriousness, Thiago Pinto, my opinion, is much, much... His his work uh, is uh, is very valuable given what Ro- Roma were up against. Um, as he said in his uh, uh, press conference not, not so long ago, when he... Fir- no, not it wasn't a press conference. It was an interview um, with The Athletic. Um, when he first came here, Thiago Pinto had uh, on Roma's roster about 72 players. And uh, and so that is what he was working with. He had to trim the fat. He had to get rid of guys whom the world of football had long forgotten about. He had to deal with all the rejects, everything, all the leftovers Pastore, from the final days of the Palotta regime, from the Petraki days that were brief, from the Monchi saga that turned out to be a long-term disaster for the club. Tiago Pinto was there. And you can question his status as general manager because we don't really know what that entails we can question his scouting abilities whatever it is but he was brought in more so as an administrator to get Roma back on track because Roma were way overboard Roma were sinking and Tiago Pinto's job was to get them back on track now obviously it's never going to be perfect I can list you two shopping lists full of players that Sabatini got and uh, were complete busts. And uh, and with Thiago Pinto, you, we can argue. Yes, Eldor Shomurov, one of his first investments, it, it, it went south. Matias Vigna, one of his first investments, also not really useful in the long run. Renato Sanchez, a huge gamble that is not, now not paying off. But the work that Thiago Pinto carried, to, carried over to as you said, adapt to the new manager, Mourinho, which, in my opinion, that alone in of itself is a very difficult job, especially given the strict financial fair play circumstances. The whole momentum that we're, Roma were coming off of uh, with uh, Palotta not being charged anymore, the whole transfer market for a whole summer was being run basically by agents and intermediaries with no sporting director yes. inside. That is what Tiago Pinto had to clean up. And that is what Tiago Pinto took upon himself. And I totally understand if after three years he's gassed out. I totally understand also if after three years, the Friedkins feel that if you want to go somewhere else, if you want to go in a different direction, you must also part ways with Tiago Pinto. But in my opinion... If people look fondly at, uh, at, at uh, Sabatini, at Walter Sabatini, and continue to look fondly, and rightly so, the conditions that 
in, in circumstances that Sabatini walked in were completely different. Um, he was faced with a different reality, also a, a difficult reality, if we remember those years um, in the 2010s. But Tiago Pinto, since Sabatini left, did a, a marvelous job in order to put Roma in a situation where they can succeed, but also do so in a way that does not kill their future. Because what Monchi did, Petraki to a lesser degree, obviously, because Petraki was a maniac who couldn't sit uh, patiently and quietly for 40 minutes. He had to lose his shit and walk out on the <laughs> club and then sue them or whatever he did. I don't remember. And um, But Monchi, for example, the, tore the club apart in decision-making that seemed had no logic in sight. And instead, I feel like everything Tiago Pinto did throughout these three years had a goal. It may have not worked out. Ginny Wijnaldum, it doesn't work out. But that is out of his hands. The fact that Felix Afinagian goes slam dunk on, on uh, Ginny Wijnaldum's uh, leg. <laughs> right. Some things may have not worked out. That's the work of a sporting director. That's the work of a general manager. Some things work, some things don't work. But Tiago Pinto was a big contributor to getting Roma back on track. So you have the Friedkins who pump money uh, into the club, keep it afloat. But Tiago Pinto was there to, to, to trim the fat and get Roma to a place where can they can at least breathe without having UEFA fining them and worse yet, blocking their transfer windows and forcing the club to, uh, you know, to, to, to a different fate. Yeah, absolutely. Here's our preview for Cagliari. The craps will win. That's it. There's no need to get into that. They're horrible. Uh, King Eldor, he, he won't be playing. He will be collecting splinters on the bench as he has all season. There's no reason for a preview. Just win this match. Angel Angelino might start. After all, he might start. As he because should. If you consider as... that his competition is uh, Leonardo Spinazzola or Rasmus Christensen. Well, Spinazzola should be back in training these days. But Rasmus Christensen, as a left-back, did not shine against Salernitana. So I, I, I think we may have... The first display of the tiny man from Spain. Number 69, the hero, my new favorite player. I will be getting a shirt within, uh, at some point in an upcoming episode, I will be bearing the number 69, Angelino, hero. We will leave it there. Until next time, ciao.